Hello and welcome into What's Up Peoria. This is the podcast that gives you everything you need to know about all the things happening in Peoria. I am your host, Nathaniel Washburn, the library manager here in the city of Peoria, coming to you from Amplify Studios here in our main library. I am here because we are doing part two of our Native American Heritage Month series. And if you joined us for part one, we had Mark Hack, Mark Hackbarth, Barth, excuse me, an archaeologist who worked on the Palo Verde site up in North Peoria on, and he kind of shared some stories about um, the archaeological aspect of that. And it was really, really exciting to talk with him. And part two of our series is really, really cool because we are going to talk about cultural awareness. And we have uh, some guests here to help us do that. I have Ann Durkin here back with us and Jill Thompson from the library back with us. But we have a new guest. We have Michonne Gorman, and she is here to talk about cultural awareness and the um, aspects of cultural awareness when it comes to Native American history, heritage, and we have a lot of great questions for her. So let's start by jumping in. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Uh, my name is Michonne Gorman. Uh, uh, so I am Diné, uh, which is uh, Navajo for, for those of us who don't know what Diné means. Um, and I just introduced myself to you in my uh, native language. Uh, I introduced uh, myself using my four clans. So I'm from the Waterflows Together clan. Uh, my father's from the Towering House clan. My maternal grandfather is from the Honeycomb Rock people or Cliff Dweller clan. And my paternal grandfather is from the Black Streaked Wood people clan. Um, and my mom is from Crown Point, New Mexico. Um, my dad is also from Nazlini, Arizona, so I'm, I'm just, I'm playing Navajo, right? You're so, all over all the place yes. there. Um, wow. And the Navajo Nation is so huge. So, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, the whole place really is home to me. Um, and, and I'm really, I'm really happy to share about this uh, particular topic. I work at the Phoenix Indian Center and I am the director of development at the Phoenix Indian Center. And I have been, uh, working with this community, um, at the Phoenix Indian Center for a little over four years. Um, and a lot of our work is, is very, very focused on uh, spreading the message of cultural awareness and what it means for Indigenous folks here in the Valley. Um, my background really is as a social worker. Um, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to work for, you know, my tribal people. And so my entire educational and professional career has been based on learning more about things that have been impacting our communities and, you know, really trying to think of ways that um, I myself as an individual, but also as communities, how we can come together to kind of help some of the things um, that are impacting us and, you know, to begin healing in our communities, which is super, super important. Um, And Native American Heritage Month is, you know, an awesome um, way uh, of honoring, you know, the legacy of Indigenous folks in this community as well as across the nation. Um, And so it's just so delightful to be able to to be here to talk about this topic. Um, And as far as the Phoenix Indian Center, um, we have been around for over 75 years. Um, We're really, really excited that this is our 75th um, anniversary year of being able to provide services and support to the American Indian community here in the Valley. So um, thank you again so much for having me. No, 
thank you for being here. And that was amazing. And you have a, a challenge before you, before you leave, you will have to teach us uh, some native language before you have, <laughs> before you go because that was pretty amazing to hear you to hear you introduce yourself that way and and to y- use the native tongue and and that was awesome so you have a challenge you have to teach you at least one word. I got to learn at least one word before you go oh so. we'll see I'll have to think of what's what's an easy thing <laughs> yes to please make it make it easy because I'm I'm not a quick study I, I, it takes me a little bit of time but um I, I want to go back to the the Phoenix Indian Center for a mm-hmm. second and and you talked about your mission and kind of your background being a social worker how did how did you make that transition from being the social worker moving over to the phoenix indian center and and what are the parallels there well um as a social well okay so before i became a social (laughs) worker really this goes back a little bit farther um when i went into school i always knew i wanted to work in domestic and sexual violence and um i just i went to asu um, and i actually began as an american indian studies major so um, during my undergrad, I really studied a lot about federal Indian policy, about historical intergenerational trauma and colonization. Um, and it was wonderful. And I loved the program at ASU and everything that they're doing there in the American Indian Studies program. Um, but what I, I found was that I really wanted some kind of hands-on ways that I could apply that information and the skills that I was learning. Um, because I realized that so many different people, my own community um, in particular, was really unaware of some of the things that had taken place over history because, um, you know, as we learn through events um, and education that we, that we get during Native American Heritage Month, um, many of our communities are not taught about the, you know, historical and factual events that took place that really impacted our communities today. Um, and so it was really, really eye-opening for me to learn about a lot of the things that were happening over time that none of us knew about. Um, and so today we know that there are very, very stark uh, numbers and data that show that there's high rates of suicide, substance abuse, mortality, uh, trauma, just in general. And so I wanted to take all the information I was learning and, and again, find out what those hands-on ways were that I could make an impact in my community. Um, so I began to research and I realized that social work um, was just broad enough that, you know, I could probably apply those skills. And so I actually, I always credit my my roots in that program because without learning, you know, um, the federal policies and those historical pieces, I really wouldn't have been able to really apply my skills so that I could educate as many people as I could. Um, so after my um, undergrad, I went back to back home and worked for the Navajo Nation for a few years as a uh, victim and witness advocate, uh, which was very, um, you know, in the dirt kind of working, you know, very grassroots, doing lots of lots and lots of different things. Um, And I realized that my hat really, it changed no matter which um, direction I was going as a victim advocate. Um, I wasn't just doing one-on-one work with people. I was also building partnerships, being on coalitions, um, learning stories from victims, from survivors, from their family, and community helpers, really, who just wanted to change things. Um, And I realized that I wanted to do more. So, um, you know, the only way I really knew how to do that was to go back to school and learn some more. So I I studied um, social work again, uh, but this time with a focus in policy, administration and community work. Um, And so since then, I had also worked in substance abuse um, treatment centers, um, including at Native American Connections. Um, And 
really, while I was in school, the way that I became connected with the Phoenix Indian Center was that as a first-time parent, um, I began using services at the Phoenix Indian oh, Center. Okay. Um, they have several parenting programs and things um, that were really interesting to me. And I, and at the time, I thought, wow, as a, I really need to know what I'm doing because <laughs> um, as a parent, it was so important to me that... Um, you know, I, I'm making a lasting impact on the community, but in real time, you know, be able to provide some education and, and strength for, for my kids and, and the next generation. Um, and so my my heart always kind of stayed a little bit with the Phoenix Indian Center, even though I worked at, at multiple organizations throughout the Valley. Um, and then I began to work in prevention services at the Phoenix Indian Center and learned a lot more and began really participating in prevention of substance abuse and suicide um, from a community perspective, which was so different from what I had been doing before. Um, at my heart, I do think that I'm still, I do a lot of social work in the things that I do. Um, and, you know, my mind is always kind of in that prevention realm, but also in ways that we can support our community, whether they're in crisis, um, whether they just got a job, whether they're looking for work, um, you know, trying to make that cultural connection with their communities at home, um, which is really unique here in the Phoenix Valley because, um, you know, there's so many indigenous community members who are here in an urban setting, which um, can create a lot of really unique challenges and barriers um, outside of community members who are still living on tribal reservations. Um, I think a lot of people are very aware of some of the barriers um, that tribal members face when they're living in very rural um, areas. Sure. Um, you know, lack of resources and things of that nature. Um, and especially COVID, uh, I think, put a lot of right. uh, spotlight on those uh, lack of resources. Um, but myself, having the experience of living in an urban setting, I know that um, there are also some additional barriers that, that exist for this population because they are uh, physically and emotionally and almost spiritually disconnected from their tribal homelands, which is super important to us to stay connected to. Yeah, and let me let me ask you about that. So you brought up the spiritual connection. And why is that? So why is that spiritual connection when you are removed from your community um, and you being able to, to give that support? Why is that so important? Well, as indigenous people, we truly believe that um, and, you know, I say this kind of as a blanket statement. Obviously, all communities have different thoughts, uh, viewpoints and, and ways that they approach their thoughts on this. But I would say in general, um, most indigenous community members feel an extreme sense of connection to the land that they come from because we believe that we uh, came from. Right. It, you the know? belief in the land itself. Yes. So when you are not up on that particular land or near it, what, what does that do to you spiritually? Um, it's disheartening, yeah. you know, um, you feel strongest when you feel safe, when you feel comfortable, when you feel like you're with your family, you know, and for us, the land is as much family as, uh, you know, the people that, that we grew up with. That's amazing. Um, and so when we're disconnected from it, it's, you know, it pulls at us. Sure. Um, but unfortunately, because of all the barriers that we know exist in those r rural communities, um, we, we know that at about uh, more than 70% of the entire indigenous community actually lives in urban areas so that they can access things like healthcare, job opportunities, education, um, you know, so on and so forth. So there's a huge population that lives here. And so the Phoenix Indian Center, our job really is to provide 
those culturally relevant services to them that are going to resonate with them, but also help them to feel supported in a setting that may or may not feel very, very different from where they're from. Uh, But we want them to be successful because we know that they're here so that they can benefit their community. You know, I've never met another Indigenous person who didn't want to give back to their community. And, you know, even as a student, I remember none of the the people that I knew of um, had said that they, they plan to never go back. Most people, even myself included, you know, once we get education, we want to be able to help our community um, and return back home. Um, And so they're here to get support and we want to be able to provide that. Um, But more than that, we want, you know, the future generations to be self-sustaining, to be successful. Making the world better than when you found it, right? That's kind of the the goal and should should be the goal of all communities around the world, right? Making things better than when you found it. Right. That's amazing. And the work that's going on over there um, is truly amazing. How are you affecting, how you know, obviously it's a center so people can come in. Are there other ways Mm -hmm. that people can um, access services from you if they're unable to get to the center? Yes. Um, I'm so glad you you asked that question. Um, We are a center that's centrally located in the Phoenix, um, the city of Phoenix in the central corridor. Um, That's where we are physically, but virtually we're pretty much everywhere. Um, One thing that's, you know, can always be taken away from our community is that we're really, really resourceful. And if we can break a barrier or try to connect with someone, then we will. Um, You know, all throughout COVID, we heard of lots of organizations, even tribal organizations that weren't able to provide services in the way that they were before, but we never stopped our services. Um, We switched everything to a virtual platform. Um, So anything, well, virtually, um, anything that we can do, we um, in person, we can also do it virtually. So we we have a really great website where you can locate all of our services um, for youth development services, uh, civic engagement services, uh, workforce development, prevention, and lots of other community types of um, supportive services. Um, And so not only are we available there, but our social media um, platforms have just, they've dramatically increased in the effort that we put in there. Um, it was super, super important during the, uh, the pandemic. And sure. so um, you can pretty much locate us anywhere. But um, we are also, you know, always connected to sister organizations like Native American Connections, Native Health, uh, the Phoenix Indian Medical Center, and the local tribal organizations that, that exist here. Um, so if there's a collaboration that we can have, we will make it. But more than that, if we can come to the community, then we will. Um, for example, the parenting classes that I mentioned before, you know, we will go to a community. We don't force people to come to sure. us. Um, one thing about the Phoenix Metro area and the indigenous population is that we're very mobile. Um, there's no one spot really that anybody, you know, one particular group just stays in. We're all over the place. Um, and so if there's a community need somewhere, then we will respond to it. Um, if there's a school that wants us, whether they're in Levine or if they're out in, you know, South Chandler, we will show up and provide them programming because we know that they need it and we know that they're all over the place. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and obviously that the work that you're doing in the community makes a, a, a huge difference to, to those folks that need it. What is the goal from from your aspect? Well, first and foremost, I would say, you know, educating yourself is is um, is paramount you know it's, it's the most important thing that we can do and understand that there's always going to be something to learn um, you know I'm only talking with you for a few minutes sure. but like I said I could sit for days and talk about how, <laughs> how these things have happened and again uh, I'm gonna you know shamelessly plug um, to make sure <laughs> to go to our website for. that's okay right? do, um, plug away 
But those are some of the things that we do is that we go to organizations, um, not necessarily us inserting, but we um, are invited a lot to to talk about what cultural awareness means for our community um, and hopefully to, you know, turn on some light bulbs about people, about how they approach groups. Jill, did you, Joanne, did you guys, we're kind of still in the conversation yeah. here. Well, I just, I think uh, this is where like my passion with libraries comes into play and of course the rich culture and history of Arizona. Um, and I think consistency in messaging and education and continued sharing of knowledge is so important you know when you talk about person's level of education it's also like i think of people like sponges they all absorb at different rates and right. um i you know i could see some great collaboration out here in our library system and having you guys come out and do things periodically with us to continue that messaging and can continue that education because um, we have to break down those barriers and have those conversations. It's so important. So very important. This is the chance for the, the shameless plug. Tell us uh, <laughs> where, where is it? Uh, what is the website? Where can people go for these resources, for this education, for this awareness? All right. Perfect. <laughs> My time to shine. Um, so the Phoenix Indian Center is located just north of Indian School Road and Central Avenue. Uh, we're right across from Central High School. Uh, we're on the second floor of the Native American uh, uh, Services Center building. Um, and we are online at phxindcenter.org. Um, you can learn about all of our different services. Like I said, workforce development services, youth development services, language and cultural revitalization, uh, prevention services. And right now we're doing a lot of specialized services around civic engagement, obviously, because it's an election, um, right. election time. Um, and a lot of our tribal members are dual citizens and so they need a lot of information about local government federal government but also their tribal government election systems um and then um you know we do lots of different awareness events as well around things like missing and murdered indigenous persons as well as um leadership conferences for for youth um and then other uh, you know whatever kind of community engagement services we can, including, like I said, our social powwow, gourd dance. Um, we're doing a round dance next month. Um, we're also going to be hosting the two-spirit and um, two-spirit powwow, powwow, excuse me, um, in February, um, along with several, several other events that we've been doing in celebration of our 75th year. Um, but also during uh, November, we're just engaging with lots of different community members and organizations to to do outreach throughout the community, especially for election. Um, but yeah, you can go to phxindcenter.org um, to visit our website and get more information. But I would also say that, you know, if you're thinking about learning more specifically, not only can you engage in our services because anyone can, um, um, but also you can volunteer with us at any of these upcoming events. We have a, a volunteer page on our website um, where you can, you know, probably email me and talk, <laughs> talk about some of the ways that you want to give back to this community, which is super important. Um, but also this year, uh, as part of our celebratory events, um, we were super, super happy to spotlight our 75th year at our annual silver and turquoise ball, which is our largest fundraiser of the year. It really is, is a way to give back to the community, but also to participate in some great entertainment. Uh, we do live and silent auctions and it just took place a couple weeks ago, October 
31st, but every October we will have this event. So, you know, I'd say tune in if you want to be able to give back in a more um, substantial way for sure. Um, but we also have um, other ways that you can give back to the center. And all you have to do is reach out and any of our team members will respond. More than likely it'll be me. Um, um, but we definitely, you know, if we can help in some way, then we will. And if there's someone who wants to learn more about any of these topics, we are more than willing to, to show up. Awesome. Sounds like there's so many things to get involved in and the work that you're doing uh, is just tremendous. So thank you for the work that you're doing, uh, not only for those people here in Peoria, but all over the Valley, Phoenix and the out, outlining areas that uh, we know need these services, need this help. And um, if you're listening to this and you need some of these services, please reach out. Make sure you go to those the, to the website. If you don't have a computer, come to the library. It is free. We will make sure that you get hooked up. Um, but there's so many things to take advantage of. And we want to thank you so much for being out here with us. Uh, tremendous amount of information. Um, I learned a ton today. So thank you for doing that. I know we didn't get to the, to the teaching any of us language, but the next time you get out here, <laughs> we're going to learn some. I guarantee it. Until next time, uh, thanks for tuning in. And as always, make sure you get out there, get to some of the events that we got going on and we'll see you next time this is what's up peoria